0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, we are definitely in a season of change. We are definitely in a season of change. If you don't realize that, you've been like the proverbial frog in the water that was boiling, right? Well, it started out cool and it got, kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And then eventually, guess what, the, the frog burned burned, and died. You see, he got used to the water little by little. And uh, if you can't recognize, there is change at every level going on right now. You've just gotten numb to it. Open up your eyes, back up, look at things, look at the world, look at the church, look at your life. Everything's in a place of change. Nothing is not changing, if you see what I'm saying. Is that proper English? I just want to encourage you in this. You know, I I want you to see it. I mean, on one hand, we can see this world's changing in a very evil way. Immorality is worse than ever. People are doing crazy things right now and not even ashamed about it, bragging about it, excusing themselves about it. In fact, if you say it's wrong, you're bad. You're evil. You're the one who's who's the troublemaker. You're the people, you're the one that needs to be taken dealt with. And all this is doing is using lies to promote Satan's agenda, to intimidate people from speaking up about what's right and what's wrong, as kindly as they can do it. It's going to be called evil. You're going to be censored. You're going to be cast off of, you know, whatever channel you're on, if you're in certain channels, because you're not with the current, demonic agenda. You see, we talk about this as an agenda that is, you know, this person's agenda or that's group's agenda. I want to mention to you today, it's the devil's agenda. It's evil's agenda. And if you will back up and if you will look at what's going on in the world, you can clearly see it from a biblical perspective that there is an evil agenda at play in the hour that we are living in and this happened in so many dimensions from the top all the way down to the schools that children are going to how do you think children are going to be confused and desperate and doing crazy things if you're telling a boy maybe he's a girl if they're always confused trying to figure out whether they're a boy or a girl they have gender dysphoria gender confusion Let me tell you, somebody ought to be able to help them and realize what gender they are and not tell them they have to figure that out. That's a crazy thing. No wonder children are desperate and confused and don't know what to do with their lives and doing stupid things. People are like, well, I don't know, you know, you can't bring God back in schools. Why not? I believe God's coming back in schools whether you like it or not. I think God's going to move in such a way there's going to be a revival. And it's going to hit the schools. It's going to touch children's lives. And you watch. God is going to trump the devil. God's going to have his ways. I believe fully in my heart. In fact, I feel God's grace as I'm saying this. God's going to begin to move in such a way. You would have said, I never believe this kind of thing could have ever happened. Could God do that? God, yes, can do that. Too many people just think there's a fatalistic thing happening. The world's getting evil. The world's getting evil. Yes, it's getting evil. It's the devil's agenda. But let me tell you something. God is bigger than the enemy. Amen? It might look like one thing, but it's not what it looks like in in the depths of reality. How many times does God allow things to look one way and it looks like the devil has won. He lets it happen over and over in history. I just think that's an, an amazing thing that God does. You remember there's a story where, in the, in the Bible, where, um, this is a funny story. It's a little funny couple of verses to me. It's where Pharaoh was, was letting the people go finally out of Egypt. Now, y'all hear this story. Y'all hear you know God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, that bothers some people. Well, what God hardened Pharaoh's heart? God shouldn't have hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's not right. Well, if you read Exodus 14, uh, I I think it's like, I was reading it this morning, or yesterday, like verse 3 or 4, somewhere in there. It's like God's doing this. And I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but it's like God's just telling Moses, Moses, now you're going to come out of, of Egypt's power, and then... you're going to be just, you and all the people sort of like wandering around in the wilderness out there, and Pharaoh's going to look at you and go, look, God's not with them. Look, they don't know where they're going. Look, what's going on? You see? And he says, when he thinks he's going to be able to overcome what God is doing, his heart is going to be hardened. What it says is, he's going to be so stupid to think he's going to be able to be bigger than God and have his way. That's what it means when it says he hardened his heart. He just had ten plagues that I would have taught him better. But he sees this and he's going, I can get it. His heart was already evil. It doesn't say God put evil in his heart. It says God allowed to be things in a certain way that say Pharaoh is going, I can win. Look, God's not with them. They're confused. There's weakness. There's frustration. And then I think that's funny that God says that. You know, God is a planner. God's a planner. We think all the time, well, God can do anything he wants. And that's true. But you know God enjoys planning and he enjoys doing things like this? He goes, I'm going to make that devil just think he's going to win. He's going to look like everything's confused, that my people are confused. And, you know, there's a change going on in the church right now. You know, it looks like the church is confused. It looks like people are confused. It looks like we don't know what we're doing. It looks like we don't, we're not going in any kind of direction. Like we're wandering around in the, in the desert somewhere. And you know what that's doing? That's allowing the devil to show his hand. He thinks he's going to win. He thinks he's going to get it. But I'll tell you what, God never allows the devil to win permanently. He might have his day. It might look like he's increasing and taking more territory, which is exactly what he's trying to do today. And I am telling you, in governments around the world, I mean, you can look up some of this stuff that that's coming out of the World Economic Forum and stuff. It's unbelievable. It looks like something that would be on some kind of movie. And these people are boldly saying this to the leaders of the world, including our country. And people are there listening to this, and you hear it, and you go, I cannot believe the kind of things that they want to do. But anyway, what happens when it looks like there's no power, right, in the church? When they're all confused, the enemy looks like he's rising up. But let me just tell you this, God's got a plan. God's getting ready to do something. God has thought this thing already through. One thing the devil can't figure out is he can't ever outwit God. When it looks like he thought he's outwit God, he ought to come to assistance and go, I just know this isn't going to work, Mm. but somehow he always thinks he's going to be able to get God and over outdo God. Can you ever even think that Satan would have ever opposed God in the first place? I mean, think about that. That's the most ridiculous thing ever, but somehow he still thinks he's going to be able to win, and he's not. He's not, but God's shaking his church. This is what's happening. God's shaking his church, and he's bringing change to his church. Things that he's not built are coming now. Things that God has not built are coming down. Now, there might be some things that God didn't build that are still there, but nobody's going to want to go there because God's not in that at all. Are you with me? Yes. There's some things God did it, and he loves the people, so he's going to let that thing be shaken. Right? Yes. And God will do that with our lives too. And I'll just say this, God's shaken a lot of people right now. He's changing a lot of things. Okay, so there's change in the world. There's change in the church. Everything is going to be different, by the way, in the church. Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to change. It's going to look completely different than it looks right now. And if you want to find out where God's going to be, you can't be a settler anymore. Do you know that most of us like to be settlers? We're not pioneers. We like to think we're pioneers because we do something different. But a pioneer, that's like Daniel Boone, right? Daniel Boone was a man, was a real man. No, you have to be old to know what that means. Um. So so Daniel Boone, what's he doing? He's, he's chopping down, making a trail. There's, There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's got to have a tent. But he's got a vision. He's excited about the journey. Most other people would take a day out into that and go, oh, no. Are there snakes out there in the woods? Um, Do I have to chop through that? Look, there's nothing but brush. Am I going to make it through that? Most of us would rather be a settler in some way. You go through a pioneer. Sometimes it can feel a little lonely. But after Daniel Boone has gone through about 100 years later, there are cities everywhere. And now, just because you moved from the East Coast to California, and there are already cities there, you're a pioneer now. No, it's not that kind of pioneer right now. Right now, the pioneering is stepping into some place where you've never been there before. That's where we are right now in the body of Christ. And I want to say this to each of you individually. I believe that there's a pull on many of you today, and you should be registering with what I'm saying, I'm hoping what I'm saying will clear this up to you. God is bringing change into your life. God is bringing you from somewhere where you've been to somewhere else. The old isn't going to work anymore. The the ways you've done things, it's not going to work anymore. And if you're honest with yourself and look deep down on the inside of you, you're going to recognize something's missing. That path doesn't seem like it's going to be fulfilling for some reason there's, there's some kind of dissatisfaction and frustration on the inside of you. I want to encourage you. You better pay attention to that because that is God's warning to you. That is God waking you up. Look, pay attention. He's trying to get your attention so he can turn you in a new direction. There's a the new direction. Honestly, I mean, I'm like, hey, maybe you need to just sit back just a moment and go, wait a minute. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I realize, I mean, picture yourself, where you are, where you're going. Can you not see there's something there that's, there's something more than that, right? I'll tell you, no matter where you are, you could have just been been saved. You could even not be saved. God's pulling you forward. You could have been saved, been saved and following the Lord for 30 years. God's calling you deeper right now. God's calling you to something new right now. Amen? Amen? Listen to me. The past is over. The old things are over. God's got new things in mind. God's calling you to something new. He's going to be good. But it's uncomfortable to leave the old to go to something new because you've got to go through the stages of of pioneering where there's nothing there are y'all with me yeah. that's where i believe god has us right now someplace where there's nothing there now there's a great example of this in the old testament with israel but israel was coming out of egypt israel came out of egypt and where did they go to the wilderness right of course maybe you're going to say the red sea okay so they go to the wilderness. They're in this wilderness, and when they're in this wilderness, it's a season for them. While they're in the wilderness, God is going to work a certain way. You're going to go out in the morning. You're going to discover God's provision for you. You're going to go, wow, look what God did today. And then you're going to go out the next day, wow, look what God did today. And you're going to have to say, wow, God is so faithful. He does this every day. Right? Not only that, during the day, during the desert, they got a nice cloud between them and the sun. The cloud would go before them, actually, and it would be a pillar of fire by night, which I gave them light, and I'd be probably maybe some warmth. So... You're probably going, wow, look how God does that. That's amazing. Every day. And you know what? you got to pay attention to that cloud because it, when it moves, you better move too, right? And guess what else? Your clothes don't even wear out. Could you imagine walking around miles and miles and miles on greedy sand in whatever kind of shoe material they had and it did not wear out for 40 years? And they didn't have the kind of shoes we have today. Not nearly as much as some women and men have. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. They probably all had one pair. But that one pair did not wear out after 40 years of walking. I mean, I wonder how long it was before they started realizing that. Hey, you know, it's been a year. These, These shoes, they look pretty new. And my clothes, you notice right here, in the sun all the time, they're not faded. Man. After about two or three years, hey, this, this is sort of crazy. Look, my shoes haven't worn out. Your shoes haven't. Hey, let's, let's check with some other people. Let's see if any of their shoes have worn out. Nobody's shoes have worn out. They go, wow, now God had to have done that. You know, sometimes God does something and it's so subtle, you don't even realize it until you start to think about it. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. You start, you look back at your life and you go, wow, God just did that. You know what? Let me think about that. And then you start examining things. You go, that had to be God. You ever done that? Guess what I'd be happening to them with their clothes? This had to be God. Y'all realize we hadn't had to change in clothes in 40 years? <laughs> had to be God, it couldn't have been anything else. It didn't seem like a miracle. I didn't feel a miracle happening. It just happened. That's what happens just a lot of times, right? But then guess what? The season changed. God was bringing them into something new. No matter how hard anybody tried, they could not make the old system work anymore. There's some of us, when God brings us, when God's doing something new, we just want to go back to what worked. We don't like that season of pioneering. We don't like that season. We want to wait until everything's formulated, everything's in the place, and oh, then I want to be a part of that. Oh, wait until that happens. You know what? We're not in that place in the body of Christ right now. And if you want to be where God is right now, it's going to be hard for you to live like a settler and find that. If you're with me. Do you understand that? Now, let let me go back. You see, people that come out and then when the seasons change, sometimes we want to go back to where we were. Because we remember. Do you remember? Man, we had that manna every day. Do you remember the manifest we used to have? The manna cook-offs, man, we sitting by the campfire. Man, some people would be making manna burgers. And other people would be making manna bread. And other people would be making manna hot dogs, you know, or whatever. you remember we did all of that? Oh, what days they were. Man, God was there. And, and then do you remember, oh, man, do you remember that, that cloud that was there? You know what? They can come back to the desert. They can run back to the desert where God was because of their memories, their cherished memories of how great it was, but they're not going to find God there anymore. Listen to this. You're not going to find God where God was when he's moved on. You have to be willing to let go of where God was for you. You have to be willing to let go of where God was in the church world. You have to be willing to let go of where God was and how He did this and how He did that. And there's an important thing that we have to understand is when we when we let go of those things and we and we realize that there's something new and we can't just settle because there's no settled place. It puts us in a different gear of what shall I call it? Desperation, where we realize God is going to have to lead me. God is going to have to lead us to this next place because we can't get there on our own. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going to end up. All we know is God's not there where we were anymore. God's somewhere up there, but we don't know how to get there. Amen? Now, there's a, such a great story in the Old Testament that sort of shows a pattern of how to go from this place of old to the place where we're going. And by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, I guess I haven't mentioned this in church service, but we were singing a song last week, and it's something about, it's sort of like, um, God, I thought you were in the mood by now, Lord, the walls haven't come down. I've been marching around those walls so long. They should have come down by now. Um, You know, the theme sort of like, God, I still believe in you. Even though you haven't moved, even though the things are the same every day, I still believe in, you know. That's not a bad song, but as we were singing it, something inside of me was going, no, that's not where you are anymore. That was yesterday. today, Everything's changing. You're not in the You're not supposed to be wandering around anymore. There's a going forward into whatever the new thing is. The season is shifting, and I believe there. And I feel this of God. There are so many of you registering with what I'm saying because God is pulling you out of where you have been, out of your comfort zone, out of your old patterns, your old habits, and what you've seen happen in the past. He's pulling you to a new place and saying. I'm going to use you in a new way. I'm going to minister to you in a new way. You're going to hear me in a different way. You're going to experience me in a different way. You're going to see me move in a different way. That's the good thing, amen? It sounds exciting to me, but I'm telling you, when you walk it through, I mean, it's an adventure. Sometimes it might feel like you're on a roller coaster. But you just remember, this is the roller coaster. God's in charge of. In charge of. You're gonna make it to the other side. So just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. You know, if you're on a roller coaster and you're not, you're not sure you're gonna make it. Man, that has to be terrible, right? If you you don't know what you got on, and you go, "What is this thing? Oh my gracious!" You know, you didn't think you're not gonna make it. But if you're wired a certain way, uh, and your constitution can handle a, a. ride like that you could learn to enjoy it I suppose I don't enjoy it so it's hard for me to connect with that I remember one time this guy his name was Mark and he got me we were I forgot what the name of this place was I think it's out in San Antonio or somewhere out there some place with a bunch of rides and so um, he kept telling me we had to get on this ride and I I forgot what it does and I'm on this ride, even before it starts to take off, I'm looking down and it's like, I can't even see. And I thought, what did I just do? That's like the most dumb thing. And then when the ride starts, I'm going, I don't even enjoy rides. Why is he telling me, why did I let him convince me to get on this thing? I don't enjoy the small rides, you know. It's the little roller coaster. <laughs> anyway, but um, if, we put the, if we put our eyes on God in the middle of where we are, God gave me a dream one time, and um, I was on this, I was on this roller coaster, and then the roller coaster would be like it would almost turn sideways, and it was like God told me in the dream, "Don't look down. You have to keep your eyes straight forward, and give it the gas. If you give it the gas." and keep going straight forward, and you're looking forward, and don't look down, don't look at the circumstances, you won't fall down. And I woke up, and I'm going, wow, I believe that's a real great lesson for life. If we'll quit looking at the circumstances on the roller coaster we're on, and we'll just look at where we're going, and we'll keep giving it the gas, we're going to get there. And you won't be sick and dizzy when you arrive. You'll get there safe and sound, because God will get you there. Amen? Amen. So anyway, there's a the great example of how to go from not knowing where you are, knowing that you need God. One season's over. One season's coming to an end. And there's a new one that you've got to get to. There's a great example of that. And that is in Joshua. And that this is exactly what happened in, in the Old Testament and the story that I've already been telling you about with, the, with Israel in the wilderness. Israel's in the wilderness. They've been there 40 years. And God's like, that's over. It's coming to an end. I'm I'm not going to be giving you manna much longer. It's time for you to make that transition, right? And so they're at the point of, they had to cross the Jordan River. They're at the point, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're getting ready to do, but they're ready. Amen? They're ready. And here they are. And I'll just read this to you. It's in Joshua 3. This is how they're preparing them. Preparing them to, to go into the new. And it says they commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set up from your place and go after it. Go after what? The Ark of the Presence of the Covenant. This is how they're going into the new. going to be a space between you, you guys at the front, there's a space between you of 2,000 cubits. Don't go near it so that you're gonna be able to know the way in which you can go so so everybody, because you've not been through this way before. So it's like, back up from that thing so everybody can see it. Everybody's gonna be able to see the arc. Oh, it's going, oh, it just took a turn. It just took a turn, hey guys. I just saw the ark. You see, look, look, it's taking a turn right now. You see? So he said, everybody pay attention. And then Joshua says this, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There are a few things here I I think that are are really key. I, I just want to mention to go into the new thing. The first thing I just say is, Uh, You've got to acknowledge something, and he made this very clear to them. He says, "Um, you don't know the way by which you must go because you've never been that way before. You've got to acknowledge, first of all, that you're going somewhere you don't know where it is. I think that's key. There's nothing wrong with that. There are seasons when that's okay. Because God's doing something so unique in that season. It's okay at times just to know I'm following the Lord today. I'm where God wants me to be today. I'm doing what God wants me to do today. You have to acknowledge you're going somewhere you don't know exactly where it is. That's okay. Don't let that frustrate you right now. If you can't figure out where you're supposed to be, that's all right. That's the season I think most of us are in. I really believe that. Then then what did he say? And by the way, if you don't know where you're going, do you think you know how to get there? That's the second thing you got to recognize. You don't know how to get to where you're going. You're not going to be able to figure it out at this moment. You're not going to be able to write down every plan except as God gives it to you. As you see it. Amen. Amen. Man, this is a really powerful thing. I hope you're catching this. You don't know where you're going. Now, this is you. You connect with it. A lot of people would, there's a time in the body of Christ to say, oh, no, I know where I'm going. There's some seasons you better not say that. Because there's some seasons, if you know where you're going, you're going somewhere God's not because God hasn't shown it to you yet. You see, you've got to acknowledge, I don't know exactly where I'm going. I know the gist of it. God spoke them to me words that I don't know exactly where I'm going. And I don't know how to get there. Right? Second thing you need to do. I read it. I read the word, sanctify yourselves. It could also be, this is, this is where he said, I'll read it again. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord's going to do wonders. The Lord's going to do wonders. (laughs) But what do you do first? Sanctify yourself. What's the word sanctify mean? Consecrate, dedicate to. It's all under God. When you're going into something new, you're going to have to let go of anything that's not of God because those are the things that will pull you in the wrong direction. I've seen so many people, they won't let go of a wrong relationship. Don't let go, it's going to pull you under. They won't let go of some other thing that looks good, but it's not good. But it's, it's it's not in the scriptures. Other people that are pulling them down they won't let go of that habits they won't let go and guess what they they're always be held back and they're always feeding on that thing they keep trying to get life from that they won't let go of their old patterns for some people it's drivenness they know that they prioritized business and money over the gospel somehow they've done that and that's become their focus in life a bigger business more money And you know what? That will rob you. The Bible talks about that and it says that will steal your zeal. That will steal your inspiration. And it says it will kill the word of God on the inside of you. Think about that. What's going to direct you? It's that still small voice. By the way, I love the loud voice. I've had God speak to me. I would use, use the expression with a loud voice before. But it's the still small voice that you hear every day. It keeps you on the right track. It's the still small voice that seems to be the most important in the long term. Are y'all with me? Mm-hmm. I love to hear the loud voice. I love it. God speaks to me tonight in a loud voice. If I wake up and an angel's in my room and tells me something from the Lord, I'd want to share it with you. I'd be all excited about it. But it's the day-to-day hearing God that makes, that makes life go where it ought to go. So anyway, you need to consecrate yourself to God. Anything that's out of culture. You want to go to where you're supposed to go in life? You want to get there? You realize there's something more than where you are now? You're not going to get there going through a wide gate. You go through the narrow gate. Jesus says, I'm a narrow gate and a narrow path. Wow. You enter into new things in a narrow way. And then when you start walking, it's a narrow way you're going to. And what's that narrow way? You can't just do things any way you want. You gotta be consecrated, you gotta be focused. Give it all to God. I'm telling you, I don't know, you know, the, the more you, you give up from the God, you look back and you go, What in the world was I holding on to that for? Once you get free from it. When you decide you want to get free from it and you want to let go of it, and it goes, No, you're gonna miss out on something so good. Don't let go of this, that begins to show you what a stronghold that thing had on you. But you have to go no. And the name of Jesus. No, you've got to just hit it right, straight in the face with the Word of God and with your will. Sometimes your mind is raging against God. Sometimes your flesh rages against God. And when that happens, your will has to say, I don't understand where I am. I don't feel like doing this, but I make a decision to stand with God in the middle of this battle I'm in and to go forward with God. I am not going to get back into that relationship. I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm not going to allow myself to be manipulated again. I'm not going to let this happen. I am going with God and you begin to stand on the word of God. Then you begin to pray. Now, once your will gets involved, the strength of God will start to come to you. And you say, God, I am choosing you in the midst of all of my feelings and all of these thoughts coming to my head. I choose you instead. I am telling you when you do that and you start praying and you start coming to God, the power of God will begin to come upon you. And all that stuff will begin to break off your mind, break off your heart, break off your emotions and you will be free, amen. amen, and the Spirit of God will be so strong upon your life. Consecrate yourself is the key to going through that narrow gate for that next place, and walking in the path in that next place that God's for you. By the way, there's a sense in which the, the, the new levels that we have, it's always a more narrow way. It's like more, it's more wide in the Spirit, but it's more narrow as far as, I mean, it's sort of like we have to we're just getting more and more free. You see, but then but then, what God opens up to us is amazing. But That's in the spirit. Lastly, it says here, well, this actually isn't lastly. It's next to lastly. You're going to have to set your eyes on him and go where he is. See, in this place, he goes, this time when the ark is moving, you guys at the front, back up. I want everybody to see where the ark's going. That's nice, isn't it? You need to see where God's presence is and go there. You need to see what God's doing and go there. You need to recognize it. I'm not just talking about recognizing, oh, that worked. Maybe that's where God is. But maybe what you need to do is like, God, I'm developing a sense. Lord, I just, I just know it's the right thing to do. I know you're there. And I want you to all take a moment. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Can you not see there's some things that God's not in anymore? You can't go back to that. That's not going to work anymore. Just let go. Can you not see that? And can you not see God calling you to something? And i tell you what he's calling you to right now. He's calling you to something deeper. He's calling you to something deeper. I had this thought the other day, and I believe it's fully from the Lord. There are, there are these times when we want to get a word from God and then go do that word and I understand how that works, but God was showing me an added dimension to that for this season. We go to God and we're continually walking with him in the carrying out of that word. He's doing it through us, with us, continually. There's a continual fellowship and a continually directed sense of, you know, God's leading me into what I need to be doing. You know, we, we have to make a decision. We're going to see where the presence of God is. And that's what we're going to follow. I believe in the last season, particularly in this nation, men have been impressed with so many things. We've been in te- impressed with someone's talent. We've been impressed with fog machines. <laughs> that's amazing. We've been impressed with you know, um, personalities with what's hip in the body of Christ, what's cool, what looks like, what, what's the talk of the town. You know, what? what's impressive to man, even in the Christian world, is despicable in God's eyes. And there's a lot of that God like, you know what, I don't want you looking after that anymore. I don't want you to be impressed by that stuff anymore. I want you to start looking for the presence I want you to start looking where God is, and I want you to go in that direction because that's going to be your key to getting to where you need to go. It's not just in church. It's in your own life. You've got to keep your eyes open and watch. Where's God? Where's God? Mm. Was God in that? Oh, my. Sometimes you go, mm, I went back to what I want. God's just not there. And now you're realizing, you know what? It's true. It's true. God's not there anymore. It's something new. I wish I could turn on a fog machine and when I did, that God would come in with. It. But it doesn't work that way. But won't it be nice if God does show up like he did in Solomon's temple in a fog? And he really shows up in the room like that? I was, we were having ministry here a few, well, quite a few years back. And God was really moving. And there was this prophetic lady that was there that night. And I, I wasn't even paying attention. She goes, it's just amazing, the fog that's in this room. This the glory cloud. And I looked up. It was amazing. It was like there was a fog in the whole room. And I'm going, wow, I have never seen that before in my life. And I'm going, I can't, you can't make this up. That can't just come here. How'd that get here? And I was thinking, wow. You know, so we don't get mesmerized about the fog. But they, why does God do stuff like that? I believe mean, it's a little tiny just something to say. This just is a little tiny show of something showing I'm here. You see what I'm saying? I don't know why God shows up like that, but I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. And it's not the fog, but it's the presence. Amen? Mm -hmm. I want the presence of God to be full and thick. I wish every one of you could come to my house. I just, I always feel like you're going to get maybe even another level of something if you come here. Not only being loved by other people, but presence of God is something and I'm hoping and trusting God we pray for all of you we believe God for the presence of God to touch every one of your lives for you to be quickened mm-hmm. to truth and uh, you know I hope I hope somehow you pull away from the distractions and you really engage with the word of God as as we're sharing it. anyway I I just feel this season is the season where we're going to have to be so connected with God I wish God would tell every one of us what we're going to be doing, what we're supposed to do, and how we're going to get there all ahead of time. Y'all ever want that? We all want that, don't we? But God only gives us bits and pieces. And so we go forward. And you know why it does that? Because otherwise you wouldn't stay connected. I've used this example before, but one of the greatest examples to me that makes it so clear was with Samuel. God goes, Samuel, uh, one of Jesse's boys is going to be the next king. Wants you to go anoint him. Now I want you to think about this. God could have said, David, Jesse's son is the next king. I want you to go anoint him. He doesn't tell him that. He says. One of, one of Jesse's boys. So he starts going. He's got a word from God. He starts going where he knows God's leading him. He's plodding around trying to find God. He's seeking, where is God? Where is God? He's praying for the first boy. Mm. Then then one, one of them, he goes, oh, this one looks like a king. It's got to be right here. You know, it's got to be this one. It's got to be this one. God's like, no, I'm not there. No, I'm not there. No, I'm not there. He's going like this, scratching his head, going, I've already been through all of his boys. Let me do it again, you know. And after a while, he goes, hey, If you got any other boys? I can't figure this out. Oh, yeah, there's one, but it wouldn't be him. Now, let me just say this. You see how one thing impressed Samuel in his flesh? If he had been disconnected from God, And he thought, oh, I just, God told me to anoint one of Samuel's boys. I'm going to anoint that one. He looks the part. That's got to be him. You see, that's where people have been today. They've been impressed by what looks like it ought to be God because of impressive this and that. And God's like, nope, that's not what I chose. So what does he do? He says, well, go get that boy. See, because Samuel's been paying attention. But well, look, Samuel was almost tricked for a moment. He goes, "But he's connected with God," and God goes, "Nope." And you see, you see what being connected with God does. Sometimes our mind will go, "That's the best way." Oh, go there. And if you're not paying attention to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be nudging you, and you won't. You'll go. You'll override the Holy Spirit. Oh no, it's got to be that one right there. I, these other ones? Hmm. Got to be that one. But guess what? He gets David there, and. The trigger goes off. That's the one. That's the one. That's Why? Because he's been connected with God, and he waited. He didn't shortchange himself by doing something. He just thought, oh, I've got to make something happen. He kept waiting. He kept walking this thing through. He kept connected with the Holy Spirit until he ended up with the right one to anoint as king to come. And you see, that's a great illustration where we are today. There are new things. We don't know how to get there. We don't know what to do. God will give us enough every day. He'll tell us what we need to know at the right time. But what's key right now is you've got to consecrate yourself, pull away from distractions and thinking that you're strong. You can make up your own mind. You can have your own decisions. You can and just go, I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to start being dependent on this right here. I am telling you, there's a call right now for dependency on God. And I know it's not just me. I know it's the body of Christ thing. There's a call for people to depend on him absolutely like they never have before. Amen. So that's where we are. Now, What does what's going to happen with their new thing? It's going to be amazing. It's territory. It's going to be their own. They're going to possess it. Thousands they didn't build things. They didn't even work for. They're going to get them. It's going to be amazing. But there are going to be giants in the land. And what's that saying is, there's going to be more need for miracles and power in the next season than where you are right now. And if you don't go through this process of drawing close to God, connecting with God, receiving from the Lord, consecrating yourself, preparing yourself, positioning yourself, doing one day at a time what God's calling you to do, you're not going to be ready for what you need in the days to come. Because, yes, it's amazing where we're going. But I'll tell you something else. There's going to be a battle. Even now, I know, there's a big storm in America. And... uh, I read something this morning, and I thought, I don't even know what to believe anymore. And In fact, some things you believe, but you don't know why. Anyway, I won't get into all of that. I'm just going, you know, another, other things about uh, possible food shortage and the, all of that kind of thing. So I'm just going, you know what? I'm not going to worry. Everybody's probably right now getting on your phone. What was the thing? Don't do that. You do it after the message. But, you know... God's getting ready to do something so big and where we are now is nothing compared to what's getting ready to happen. I've told you this and I believe it completely. There is going to be I believe attack. there are going to be giants that need to get, get brought down but I believe the power that's going to be seen in the church and those that are full of vision is going to be something none of the people in our lifetime have ever seen. I just think it's going to be amazing. As I mentioned, I believe we're going to see it hit our schools. I believe we're going to see it hit neighborhoods. I believe we're going to we're going to see cities impacted and changed by the Word of God. Um, if y'all, if you knew the history of America and the couple of revivals that have come through, it's amazing what happened in both of those and how the nation was turned around. I believe it's going to happen again. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. I hope you connected with this Word for yourself. Pay attention. That sensing of something on the inside of you is from God for you to and you need to give it attention. And you need to start pressing into the new and letting go of what God said and let go of. It's new things. Father, we want to thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the new things that are here. The new things, God, it's a new day. Lord, there's a light in front of us. That's, I just keep seeing like you know, there's a the, something in front of us and lord i believe that's going to get brighter and brighter it's going to become more and more clear you're calling us out of where we've been maybe it's the wilderness you're telling us don't try to go back don't try to recreate don't try um god you're going to bring back what you want to bring back but father our goal is now to connect we're going forward we have to be willing to be pioneers we have to be willing to trust god in situations where we don't know where we are and we don't know exactly where we're going and we don't know how to get there but god we thank you this is such an important time and it's going to bring a unity with us and with you like we've never seen before so god make us one with you and make us one with one another help us to love one another father we pray even in our church i don't i don't know how you're going to do this so many come online and but Lord, please make us one. Help us to get to know one another, to be able to pray for one another, to connect with one another's burdens and problems and difficulties. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, in some way, you make these things happen. But God, we just say, Lord, we thank you. You're bringing this church also into where you want us to be, what you've called us to be. We thank you, Lord, that what you started, you're going to finish. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.